welcome to the Dellingpot with me, James Dellingpot. I know I always say I'm excited about this week's special guest, but before I introduce him, a word from our sponsor. As you know, I've been advocating for the positive impact a real food diet can have on your health, and I'm not about to stop. Hunter and Gather have changed the game for me, so I want to keep sharing them with you. They are an ancestrally inspired... No, stop it. <laughs> Remember your rules, no cuts. They are an ancestrally inspired real food and supplements brand, simplifying optimal healthy living. And no, like oh no. yes, no. It's your it's your trademark. You don't do cuts. I know. Plow I know. It's annoying in an ad. Oh my goodness. Right. Do, do you have to read the script, or can you just say hunter and gather? They're really good. Go and check them out. I don't like their script. It's not because it because it's not like it's not yeah. very me. And I think it's, it's not your it's not your words. It's not, it's not it. my voice. And also, yeah. I mean, I should have a word with them about this. I really like the product, and it's a perfect match because it's really yeah. good. And loads of people want it because they can get a, they get discounts and stuff. But I wouldn't use a phrase like I've been advocating the positive impact. I mean, it's just just like you know, why would you do that? Why would that I does sound it? a bit yeah. It's, it's just, that, that sounds it's, like you're about to throw yourself on a snooker table or something. Let's get, get rid of this call. Um, so. Oh, he's gone now, anyway. That's good. Right. Anyway, look, um, Hunter and Gather have got this arranging, uh, amazing range of products. Uh, their range spans from great-tasting mayors, I've, I've tried the mayonnaise, they're good, and condiments, mm. all free from refined sugar and seed oils to cooking oils and supplements such as collagen powder, freeze-dried lamb's organs and easy-to-take capsules and MCT oil. Uh, anyway, you can get a discount on their stuff, 10% which you can redeem by heading to hunterandgatherfoods.com and using the code TDP10. Enjoy. I, I really bollocked up that ad, but I think it's kind of more on brand anyway. And I, no, I, you, you got there in the end. I got Close there enough. in the end. So, Dan, sorry, well, I, I must introduce my special guest, Dan Tubbs. Dan, I, I can't remember when it was we last did a podcast, a while back. I, I think it was a couple of years ago. Uh, because I, I remember, because uh, I, I listened to it again in the car yesterday, because I knew it was going to be coming on, and I, and I thought um, we were talking about um, lockdown restrictions. Because I came to you last time, didn't I? Because you know, basically just to uh, just you know, poke one in the eye of the lockdown restrictions. So it must have been a couple of years ago now. Oh, you came to my house. That's right, you did. Mm. You did. And what we recorded it old school with a with a tape recorder. And... Uh, yeah. Well, we we well, you tried to record it, and then. Um, we we lost the recording, but you managed to get it on the sounds, on the audio thing. No, yeah. that sounds very unlike me, Dan. I can't <laughs> imagine that would have that would have happened. It, I I'm I'm the king of tech. Yeah, and also by the way, thank you. The thing you brought to my house was the reason that we're doing this on the internet now. With the the, the Starlink thing. You brought me the Starlink. You enabled um, uh, Elon Musk. His spies yep. to have a better access to every, to my entire life. Well, somebody's so, going to be spying on you, so it might as well be him. Do you trust him? Um, this is, by the way, Dan, this I, is a test because it, I'm I, I'm I'm curious yeah. as to how how much further down the rabbit hole you've gone <laughs> since we last spoke. People move at different paces. 
Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's not... I don't know if the question is necessarily do I trust him. It's um, out of all of the people who you can interact with to get anything done with in this world um, in tech, you can't trust any of them. So which of them do you distrust the least? And he's probably at the top of that pile for me. Right. That's th- that. That's that's fair enough. Uh, um, I I get I get interrogated on the subject of Elon Musk by my by my normie family, who. They're always trying to catch me out, and 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 and, and they say things like, um, "Yeah, well, what do you think about Elon Musk owning that BBC person?" I suppose you're going to say that you don't trust Elon Musk and you don't like him. And I and I say, "No, I yeah. really, really enjoyed Elon Musk owning that squid, that yes. horrible little tick from the BBC." It, it was kind of funny watching two people with a 50 IQ point difference try and debate something where one of them didn't come prepared and um, only had sort of woke talking points to fall back on. Indeed. What, what interested me, that some, of the, some of the more idiot comments I saw on, on social media said that the BBC person should have been better prepared, as though, as though somehow, yeah. you know, if, if he'd spent eight hours researching the history of Elon Musk and researching um, politics and was it that, that this would suddenly have enabled him to... Hang on. Um, I'm, I'm doing a, a podcast, Ratty. Um, OK, bye. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, and, and it's ludicrous. It's, it's, it's the same... I, I, I got the same criticisms, you know, after my Andrew Neil debacle. And what these... Pillocks. They are pillocks. They really don't get it. They don't understand the nature of the game. In, in, in the case of the, that BBC child, the problem was not that he was ill-prepared. The mm. problem was his entire Welt Anschauung, yeah. his, his entire belief system was geared towards the notion that, that things like... Um, uh, uh, what was it called? The, the racism. It was um, oh, it's like hate speech and all that kind of stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's it's this world view that I mean, everything is set up against well, I know minorities or, or something like that or whatever it is that they're they're, they're trying to push. But, I mean, yes. your Andrew Neil thing was completely different though, because I mean, you, I, it was an. Ambush. I would have imagined up until that point, you would have considered yourselves friends and colleagues, basically. Indeed, and he just he just turned on you for some uh, random he, he reason. Did, he did, and and I think it was I I. Th- it, 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 Look, I I believe all these things are sent by God. Um, mm. that, that that they are. There was a purpose to this, and what that did was accelerated my departure from the mainstream mm. media in all its forms. I used to think that I used to think that that, that the mainstream me- media, and this is this is very much the Toby Young point point of view. Still, he hasn't he hasn't woken up yet. That the mainstream, the TV, mainstream TV needed people, needed right wing voices like mine to counter the left wing bias. And and what you don't realise uh, when you're in that 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 mindset is that the whole thing is a trap. It's dishonest. It's designed to. It, it's designed to to. The best you can hope for is a draw. You can almost never hope for a win. You you you, you might occasionally slip one uh, past yeah. the keeper into the net, but generally that, that that's not the idea. That uh, the, the 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 direction is to is to make people who believe in 
free markets and limited government look like sort of minority fools. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the curtain has sort of been pulled back on that one because I mean, you used to sort of well, you 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 could believe that sort of thing. You could just believe it was a bit of a bias, an institutional thinking that sort of lent in one way, and they they occasionally had some sound guests on, and you know it was kind of okay and it was imperfect. But but now I you know it's, I I just see psyops and propaganda. Uh, it's, I just, I just see no value. I, I consume absolutely no mainstream media, and I think no. it's quite cool, actually. Though. I mean, you're doing, I mean, you, you presumably completely divorced yourself from that world at this point. Maybe one spectator TV thing or well, something, or whatever it is. You've answered one of the questions I was going to ask you because I was looking back at our, um, our WhatsApp correspondence, and you've been, you've been following my stuff. For a, for a long, mm. long time, you've you've been on the journey with me, so you would have you would have defined yourself in the way I, I I used to define myself as probably having Thatcherite tendencies and sort mm. of like thinking probably Ronnie Reagan was a, generally a good thing and believing you know and 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 believing yeah. in low taxes and a smaller state and believing these things were possible, believing believing yeah. that there was such a thing as the right. Believing that mm. there were such things as conservative values and, and and all this, all these lies that 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 we were we were sold and we spent most of our lives believing because we we consumed the mainstream media, which was part of the lie machine, a key a, maybe the most important part of the lie machine. And since then, we've we, we've we've you and I have well, it's good to hear that you've cut loose because reading any form of consuming any form of mainstream media is yeah. Well, but I mean, it's, it's it's quite cool. There are real viable alternatives now because I mean, I mean, you're just doing your thing now, um, sort of completely outside of this. Um, the weird journey that I've been on, you know, starting in finance. Actually, have, have we told anyone who who I am yet? Is no, that, is that tell, tell, tell them who tell them who you are, Dan. Yeah, just just in case anybody didn't catch the first podcast. So I I was a finance guy for about twenty years, Um, and then um, I I I was getting out of basically the fund that I was working on was wrapping up because these things tend to have a ten year life. So I I wanted to take that as an opportunity to get out of London because I had small children. So I moved down to Winchester um, and was in this sort of semi retirement state. You know, thinking okay, what what do I want to turn my energies to next? And then the pandemic hit. We sort of had that really weird two-year period. And I just found it so utterly revolting um, that I basically just had to start speaking out on this. And there was only a few of us who... I mean, we, we knew each other before that had happened um, because I used to come along to those sort of Midland libertarian drinks things that your your, your brother was organising. Mm. But we sort of met through that. But then, then very shortly afterwards, the whole pandemic thing kicked off. And there was very, very few of us who were speaking out sort of consistently against it from day one. And it's actually quite nice. There's a, there's a little community of us, and we, we generally all know each other now, so that that that's fantastic. Um, and then then basically what happened is because I've got a finance background and I was uh, sort of up on those points, I was able to sort of elucidate some of the aspects of it that you know perhaps other people were were, were struggling with. So the the drive towards you know digital IDs and central bank digital currencies and all that kind of thing. And then I did your podcast. Um, and then I did. Um, then I got invited on a whole bunch of, of other ones. That was fantastic. I I started to realise that that everybody was entitled to my opinion. So I did a lot more of it. I very briefly um, tried to have uh, my own YouTube channel. And a bit like you, I've realised that the technical side of that is a hell of a lot bloody harder than than you think it is. Yes, it yeah. 
Because you think you think it's just like okay, turn on a camera and shoot, but actually the the buggering around you have to do with setting up the mic properly and getting the camera right and 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 the post. Oh, do you know what? Yeah, I I, I, I so my my Danny Rampling interview. Um, I not I do not do interviews. Stop it, James. <laughs> I don't do interviews. My my chat with Danny Rampling, who who, yeah. who was great, and obviously he was a guest that I really really wanted to get and had been wanting for some time, and. Mm-hmm. If you if you if you're a, a, a careful observer of, 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 of the Dowling Pod and you know my my style, um, you'll notice that towards the end of the interview, I start I start looking a bit flustered and, and not really not really. You run out of questions or something. And and, and the, 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 the real reason I can tell you is right. that I look at my mic and I realise that it's pointing oh, okay. away, it's pointing away from my mouth. I haven't I haven't adjusted it at all. Yeah. So. I'm I'm suddenly thinking, oh no, has any of it recorded? Because like, yeah. you know, it's quite difficult to pin him down. Um, it, it, it's quite funny the number of interviews you do where you sort of make some reference to, you know, this go round or something like that. And of course, your London, co- you know, the, the amount of times that you've sort of had to record things twice. I mean, especially on London oh, calling yeah, for some yeah, reason. Yeah. I London don't know why. But, well, that used yeah. to happen. It's it, yeah. that's got easier now that we do it through Zoom and we've got the producer producing the show, which is what you want. Well, I mean, exactly. That's, that's what that's what you want. You want a producer. So so yeah. So I I, I had a go at doing my own stuff because I I, I found I quite liked doing this whole talking thing. Uh, but the technical challenges, yeah, they, they, I mean, they just threw me. And I, and I realised that I was putting out, I mean, I, the con, the stuff that I was saying was fine, but the um, sort of production values were so awful. I was just so embarrassed by it. Anyway, then I got to know um, Sargon of Akkad, Carl Benjamin. Yeah. And he's got his Lotus Eaters thing. Um, I'd imagine there's probably quite a bit of overlap between our audiences, um, Lotus Eaters and, and, and the Delling Pole. So I imagine a lot of people already know it. But for those who don't, lotuseaters.com. Um, and we sort of do a, a daily podcast thing. So anyway, um, I was speaking to him and I was saying, you know, I'm trying to put stuff together and I ended up going and, and joining him. So it's only a day a week. So I go in on Tuesdays now um, and I produce one of their daily um, podcasts along with uh, one of the other hosts. But I've also got my own series, Brokenomics. And in that, basically what I try and do is explain, um, well, economics, finance. So I do a whole bunch of basic concepts, explain how those work. Um, but then also sort of tie them together to what is the big picture, what's really going wrong, what are the geopolitical issues, and of course bring on interesting guests as well. So that amuses me, um, and then I can do just do my uh, my finance stuff the other the other the rest of the week. So so maybe maybe uh, in a bit once we've done our, our just general chat, we mm. you, you can you can give me the, the 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 edited version of what the hell's going on and where, <laughs> yes. and where we are. So before we get we go there. Yeah, I'm, I'm reassured to know that you don't consume any mainstream media because, yeah, the point I was going to make is that uh, it's not that we, we, we could go back if we wanted because mm. what I find now, maybe you've got this experience as well, I can read any, any article in the paper and parse it and deconstruct it within... Mm like as soon as I look at it I look at the headline uh, glance at the the copy and I know uh how we're being li- lied to in this co- this particular instance yep. why we're being lied to um what you, you could, almost no story even yeah. even stories in the health well obviously stories in the health section are, are part of the problem stories in the, even the travel sections it, it's just yeah 
the whole thing is a is a yeah so, social media well, has been really helpful for that hasn't it because i i think what started happening is I mean, you always knew it anyway, because whenever you saw an article or a story in the mainstream media, and if it was sub a subject that you knew anything about, you knew it was a load of rubbish. But you kind of assumed that everything else was about yes. right. And then social media comes along, and whenever there was a sort of a big story that sort of generated a bit of discussion, it would be very easy to find somebody on Twitter or something completely deconstructing even the stories that you didn't know about. And then you started to realise, oh, okay, well, hang on, there's something really smells And you sort of get into that habit, and you, and you get very used to very quickly being able to find trusted people who are experts on particular things, deconstructing the, the mainstream absolute nonsense. And then you kind of realise that it's, that it's all a load of all a load of rubbish. And then what you do is you start to realise the patterns in, in, in the way that they lie. So now, you know, even if you don't know anything about the subject, you can just read an article and you can see the sort of pattern of lying and propaganda that they kind of feed into it. So you're kind of immune to it. So I think by the time that COVID came along, even though, um, you know, neither of us are virologists, you, you could just you could just smell the bullshit emanating from, from, from the story. And then you start doing your own homework anyway. Um, and, and I like to go into the whole kind of numbers thing. So, I mean, early on, I was looking at the sort of John Leonida stuff and the Princess Cruise data and I mean, all the rest yeah. of it. And then you and then you start finding, you know, the, the, the sort of Bactis and the, you know, all, I mean, all the rest. I mean, you probably interviewed, uh, you know, most of these characters at this point. Um, I and then, Bacti, but I, but I, OK, I, I he would be a good one. He, be, yeah. he would be he be, would be very good. Although hmm. I've, I've moved on in, in some respects in that I now record I'm, I'm now leaning towards viruses don't exist. Um, mm. which, 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 which six months ago I'd have just thought oh that's just like so tough. I've got no idea on that one so no I think it's I, I think it's perfectly okay to be to be agnostic on this one although what I've noticed is that the the viruses don't exist people and the, ter- the basically the terrain theory people are really shrill and and indignant and and petulant and and you know if you don't if you don't believe in terrain theory you are just <laughs> you're beyond the pale of discussion. You, you, yeah. You're not in the game at all, and I find that a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit tiresome because one doesn't not want to imagine. too many schisms within the resistance movement. I think it's perfectly possible to be a, a really, a really sound fighter at the barricades without necessarily having gone as got as far as terrain theory. Yeah, well, there's not many of us. So, um, yeah, we, we can't afford too many splits. I mean, what about somebody right on the sort of fringes between normie world and where me, we might be? You know, somebody like a, or like a Julie Hartley Brewer. I mean, where do you stand on, on people like that? Oh, I'm, I'm scorched earth. Um, <laughs> right, okay. she, she would need to, to come on, um, be crawling on, on, on her knees um, across, across broken glass and, 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 and daub her mm. forehead in... in ashes um okay and, and beg for my uh, forgive no, no what i'm what i'm so really you're, saying, you're for a semi-broad tent then but not not too broad no i know it, it's it's not that i think one one really needs to make the distinction between um sincere parties and mm. and gatekeepers controlled opposition she is she is very very obviously not sincere her yeah. she is she is bought and paid for um, I mean, it, it, you know, if, if only with the, with the vast salary that she gets from mm. from, from um, what's she on talk radio, um, which is, which is a which is a, a Murdoch propaganda organisation. Yeah. It's not. It, look, if if Julia suddenly started 
calling out the vaccine, which isn't a vaccine. If she said, said, I was wrong. I'm really embarrassed about having promoted this death jab. You know, that, that I'm, I'm appalled by the number of young people who've died or had their lives ruined with myocarditis, mm. etc. I, I really am ashamed to have been part of this. And now I'm going to, to my dying breath, I'm going to fight against this monstrous machine. Then I mm. go, Julia, come to the come to the fold. Yeah, yeah. Welcome. Um, you are completely forgiven. Which so, is- so one of it. Yeah, one of the things I found really surprising was, I mean, I guess what I was talking about a minute ago is, is sort of basic pattern recognition with the lies that sort of come out of this yeah. machine. So, I mean, not not picking on her in particular, but just more broadly, there was a whole load of people who, you know, they ended up being quite sensible over the COVID era stuff. And then they sort of realised that, that wasn't working anymore. So we're going to pivot to the new one. We're going to do Ukraine war. And a whole bunch of people who you would think their pattern recognition would would be able to clock the bullshit coming out of that one fell hook line and sinker for that and and, and i kind of get that a lot of them are slightly to you know starting to slowly wake up to that one as well but you know the the, the narrative is going to pivot again and you know who knows what's going to be the next thing you're you're right i funnily a line came into my head that that it was it said about christians they need to be wise as serpents and in the same way you know those all those sort of mechanisms that enable a snake to track down its prey, all the all all, all the right, senses okay. that it gets a sort of an image of of, of what the mouse looks like. Um, and, I, I don't and, I don't really know, but I kind of get what you what you're driving. Yeah, at. But, no. you, you, but it's it's about pattern recognition, isn't it? It's about mm. reading the signals. And we, you're right. We need to develop those skills. And I I too am am baffled. Why some, how somebody who's seen through the, the, the COVID nonsense cannot see through the Ukraine mm. nonsense. And that, that instantly makes me suspicious yeah. because I'm, I'm thinking, okay, but okay, I'll give you another example. Ron DeSantis. I think that Ron DeSantis is an establishment stooge who's been inserted, who, who, who was allowed to talk a good game on the jabs and enable Florida to become a sort of a kind of ghetto for a last redoubt, if you will be polite, a helm's deep for, for, for the vaccine resistance. He was he was permitted that that little sop towards liberty and, and, and wisdom and common sense, etc., um, for the longer term game of derailing Trump. Now, and, I, and by the way, I haven't got I'm not carrying water for Trump here. Um, yeah. I think he's got problems as well, but I don't trust DeSantis. So. I, I quite like DeSantis. I mean, the problem you've got is within the established political system, you're not going to get somebody who is is really sort of over our way. Um, you know, DeSantis is probably about as close as close as you're going to get. And it's an improvement on somebody like a Joe Biden. So, I mean, given that I have so such low expectations for the system as it is to be able to produce good results, if I'm if I'm offered a result which is you know better than the absolute mess we got at the moment, you know I, I I don't mind tolerating that until the whole thing comes down. So you you are happy to eat your yogurt with a bit of dog food in it? <laughs> yeah, you're saying uh, you're saying, I, you're saying look, I, okay. I realise the vending I, I machine that I'm at uh, cannot give me any other options. I mean that, that that's more the point. That, so, so what you're saying is, excuse me, I mean, sorry, but but this is what you are saying. You're saying you, I, you, I know, you, I know, I know. You've, the gone, to the super, yeah. you've gone to the supermarket, and 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 you. Yeah, but you, at the supermarket, you get to choose, don't you? So no, you, I'm saying uh, no, no. This is the, this is the analogy that I'm. Right. I'm, I'm 
you've gone to the supermarket and your favourite yogurt, yogurt brands have all been yep. taken off the shelf. No, actually, they never, they, they never existed. Of course, they never existed. Yep. This has never been the option. And what you find is that there's a, there's a 50% uh, dog shit yogurt. And you're not going to have that. <laughs> you don't think dog shit has any place in your yogurt. And then there's a, then, then there's a 25% dog shit yogurt. And you're not going to have that because dog shit has no place in yogurt. And then you're looking at the, you're looking at the five percent, and you're thinking, oh, five percent. Now that's not that's not so bad. And then suddenly, on the top shelf, you yeah. see a 05 percent, point five percent. That's all the only a tiny bit of dog shit. You're thinking, I'll have some of that. Nom, 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 nom. Meanwhile, okay, so... I am looking at these same shelves and thinking, you. Bastards! Okay. How dare right. you sell your your right? Any okay, he, he, here's the difference, James. Is that it. you think you think you're in a supermarket, and I think that I'm in a Soviet gulag, and I'm I'm in the bottom of this pit cell, and I've and you know I I think I might be able to break out at some future point, but right now um I'm I'm in occupied territory, and I've got bad options. And I'm starving down here, and you know, it, I I I don't get given a choice. All all I get is that the the trolley comes along, and there's a pot of yogurt on it, and there and there's a there's a turd in the corner of it, and and I basically need to scoop out as best I can. No, because what the, you're the saying politi- is, no, I may as look, I may as well, I've got to work with the system until it changes. So I'm, I'm not working well, with this system. I, well I, get, I, I think I, I think we're well, in occupied territory at this point. You, you're saying I may as well, yeah. Okay, kids, if you want to join the Young Pioneers, fair <laughs> enough. It seems to be the sensible option. And by the way, I think I'm going to be joining the party now until until right. the system changes. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not joining them. I well, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not. You are. You're working I, I, the well, I'm not really. You am are. I? I mean, I'm, <laughs> you are. Even, even on the lowest <laughs> how, levels. How am, how am because, I? How am I working with the system? Because you haven't you, you haven't yet accepted that that if you are of a mind where you say. Oh, I don't mind that, Ron DeSantis. What you are actually doing is endorsing the, the system, which is, they are all bad. <laughs> they are all bad. Um, I'll tell you who else is bad. Um, Robert Kennedy Jr. He's not, he's not right. to be trusted. I mean, I mean he's, he's less obviously untrustworthy than, say, Jordan Peterson, who is definitely untrustworthy. But okay. all these people, it's not about... Um, Am I being, am I purity spiralling? Because that's a different thing. I don't, I don't like purity spiralling. I mean, I love you, even though that you're, you're wrong on certain issues. But I, but I know that your heart is in the right place and your intentions are sincere. We, Whereas, we want to cover some more of those things that are wrong on, so we, we can have a debate on that as well. But okay, okay, let's turn just, this just, around. Just, only dog shit yeah. yogurt. You're, 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 you're <laughs> only one. It's only a tiny thing, but you were having the 0.5%. Okay, okay, okay. Let's, I, mean, I, I feel we're spending a lot of time on dog shit yogurt, but nevertheless, if, 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 if we're going to nail this one out, let's go for it. The, I, I, I see it slightly differently. I see that it's not our pot of yogurt. You know the, the the establishment they they control the systems and the structures or the systems and the structures control them. I'm not entirely sure which way round it is at the moment. And they've got the pot of yogurt, and and it's actually you know how much how much dog shit can we throw into their yogurt to upset them? And um, perhaps perhaps um, you know um, in this sense Trump is the biggest turd, and we, we'd like to put that in their yogurt. Um, but um, but but DeSantis is a slightly smaller turd, and and I think we can upset them by putting that in their yogurt. So I think we're probably stretching this one quite a bit at this point. Well, we're not in control of yogurt manufacture. They've been no no. We 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 just get to toss things into their yogurt pot every now and again. That's 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 the best we can do at this point. They don't. They've got security. 
They've got. They, they run the whole world. We are world. really torturing this analogy, Dan. They run the whole world. You can't. You you can't torture. You're the one. Yeah, who's exactly. That's that's why it's not our supermarket. Uh, I think I think perhaps <laughs> we, we ought to move on because um, yes. yeah, to leave we're, we're going we're going very sideways alone. on that one. So, yeah. I suppose Dan, you 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 must give us an update on what's mm. where we are, um, how where we're going, how we can protect ourselves, mm. and how we get out of it. I mean, you, whether you're optimistic or pessimistic, but, but we'll, we'll, we'll save the optimism or pessimism till the end. But so give yeah. us, give me a TLDR well, on what's going on. The big issue that we've got is um, all Western nations are facing an absolutely extraordinary level of debt at this point. There's, there's quite an interesting website to go and have a look at. It's um, US Debt Clock. Um, I wish there was a sort of UK version. There was a very stripped down um, UK version where you can sort of see the level of um, spending that governments have and, and you know, the debt that they've accumulated. And, you know, in, in the US, for example, they've got a sort of an official debt of 31 trillion. But they've got, um, you know, unfunded liabilities of, you know, basically boomer entitlements of, of another sort of well, 250. So the, the, the and this is trillion. So 250 that, trillion. Yeah. Yeah. Against oh, well, that sounds quite a lot. What 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 is that? Yes. In, how many how many millions is that? Oh, uh, well, it's, it's an order of magnitude above a billion, so a thousand billion. So two hundred and fifty thousand billion is is the sort of total amount of debt and liability uh, that they're dealing with. Now we, we we calculate it in a slightly different way here because um, you know we we've, we've got the NHS, which is just sort of this long ongoing liability. But I mean, I think our official debt is sort of equal to the size of the economy as well. So we got we got vast amounts of debt to deal with. Now it, you know. What, so, so, you mean in a year we could pay it off? If, 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 oh, no, 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 we, could, we, we couldn't pay it off in a year. I mean, there are ways that you can deal with it. I mean, actually, should, should we talk through the ways that you could deal with this situation? And, and I'll basically demonstrate why none of them are possible, why it's, gonna, why it's going to end really badly, okay? So, um, yeah, the, okay, so, so, so take, um, take, take the UK, right? So the, we're collecting revenues of about um, 820 billion a year, okay? And we are spending about 1.1 trillion a year. So we got this sort of deficit of, of 250 trillion, and we've got a national debt of about 2.2 trillion. Sorry, a, 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 a deficit of, uh, of about 250 billion, and a, and a, def, and a, and a total debt of about 2.2 trillion, okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, take that back to the, the human scale because you know these are big numbers and they don't necessarily mean anything by themselves so so what is the scale we're looking at so officially the population of the uk is about 67 million now i don't believe those numbers because i think they're substantially higher um, i think there's a lot of immigration that has got lost it is probably another you know 10 to 15 million on top of that but you know let's just take the official numbers for the hell of it um, what we do know is that about 33 million people working so basically, the burden of paying off all of this comes down to um, the working population. Now, when you start to look at it like that, okay, what is the amount the government is spending per working person? Well, it's spending about £32,000 a year per working person. Okay. Right. And it is collecting in revenues only £25,000 a year per working person. So... Per, so per working person, the government is running up essentially credit card debt every year of about seven thousand pounds. Yeah. 
Um, and the debt, if you, again, if you, if you divide it by the number of working people, it's about 70 grand a year. Uh, so 70 grand that we are in debt per working person. And that's not, you know, because a lot of people think, okay, well, I've got big debts such as my mortgage and therefore, you know, big debts don't necessarily scare me. That's the equivalent of credit card debt. That is, that is funding current consumption. And essentially, the reason that we've managed to get into these, you know, debt problems, it is partly because of, you know, things that you'll be very familiar with. It's the fiat money system. Um, it is the, um, the sort of central banking cartel. I know you've talked about these things a whole number of times. But a, another big part of it is going to be, I mean, you know, that was the mechanism by which it could get so large. But the other part of it is, is straightforward demographics. And on that one, we're going to have to call out the boomers. Um, now, there's nothing malevolent about you know what they've done it's not it's not because you know they they as a generation um were you know especially self-interested or anything like that you know it's very simply because they were a very very large generation who came into a small world and what they did over the you know over the course of their working lives is they grew the economy and they wanted to be generous to the fairly small uh, population of retired people above them so they started bringing in all of these sort of benefits, these pensions, um, a more generous NHS and so on. And it was possible to fund these all the time. It was a large generation being generous to a small population. But what's happened is that large population is now retiring and it completely breaks the system because now you've got smaller populations trying to be generous to a very large population. And there's other things that's changed as well. So when, you know, when the boomers were in their heyday, when they were the ones sort of making policy decisions, um, they could make certain assumptions. And those assumptions would include things like old people are just poor. Um, if you wanted to do something for poor people, you generally um, aimed it at the over 65s because you didn't really even need to means test it because, yes, OK, there were some wealthy old people. But as a, as a rule, anyone over 65, you could consider poor. So a lot of sort of targeted um, measures at, at, at addressing, you know, uh, wealth inequality would would have been dealt in that way. And that was actually a lot of what, what Thatcherism was. And it's continued ever since. Um, but that is no longer the case. So the average retiree now is um, as wealthy as the average working person. And if you go down the income scale, so, so the bottom 20% of retirees versus the bottom 20% of workers, they're significantly wealthier. I mean, one in five, one in five boomers is a millionaire at this point. That, that's interesting. And also, it, 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 does, it does gel with what one observes, um, that old people, um, you know, the ones who are not infirm, are taking holidays all the time. Yeah. And they're, they're very affluent. Yeah, it's because they are, on average, wealthier than working people. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I mean, there's a whole number of factors that, that go into that, which which I won't sort of stop down and explain. But you know, what what impact does that have on on working people? And basically, it, it's that we are going to get taxed very heavily because the system has has no choice at this point. So you know, let's take somebody um, who's earning fifty k a year. Now you might think, you know, that's a that's a perfectly decent wage for for a working man to earn. But what you've got to think about is, okay, let's let's have a look at what happens to that 50K. Well, before he gets paid it through PAYE, um, the, the corporate entity that he works for has already paid a whole bunch of taxes. So VAT, corporation tax, you know, employers, national insurance, fuel duties, a whole bunch of stuff. So a lot of tax has left it before it gets to him. When it goes to him, he immediately pays 12.5K through um, PAYE. So he's gone from 50K down to 38K. Right, then what do you have to add on to that? Well, council tax, about 2K. Fuel duty, about another K. Uh, VAT, that'll probably be about 
uh, 4,000. And then other taxes, about another 2,000. So you're now down to, to 29,000 out of that 50. I think you've got to treat inflation as a tax as well. Because inflation, well, I mean, inflation absolutely is a tax in my view, because effectively what it is doing is it is essentially redistributing money from um, people who are earning an income to people who have debt, really. That's what it's doing. And inflation rate has been about 10% over the last couple of years. So you take off another 5,000. So your, your working mate who's on 50k a year actually gets to spend about £24,000 a year, less than half of it. And that's the point when you've got to start paying your mortgage, saving for retirement, and even when you hit retirement, you've then got to pay several of these taxes all over again. Right. And and by the time he gets to retirement age, there's not going to be any, there's no pension costs. Yes. Because, because we, we've seen that, haven't we? We've seen mm. that increasingly with, with, with money printing, it's, it's much, much harder for pension funds to find reliable returns. Yeah, I mean, what, one of the aspects that is making boomers on, our, on, on average wealthier is the uh, defined benefit um, pension schemes that have been closed out. So, I mean, I mean, um, I mean your Gen X, I mean, some of, some of Gen X will, will benefit from those, but not many. Most of it is okay. going to be defined um, contribution at this point. So people are getting t heavily taxed. We've got all of this debt. So then, then you start to think, OK, well, you know, um, where is this money going? And effectively, what it is, is, is it's mostly going on these big ins social insurance type schemes. So the biggest items of spending in the UK are going to be things like, you know, national health care, 210 billion, public pensions, that's 180 billion, social security, 142 billion. So what we what we effectively doing, the analogy is to look at it like this, is we are engaged in total war level of spending. But the thing is, when you're engaged in total war, at some point that war ends and the spending drops away. Yeah. If you are in a total war spending situation against old age, infirmity and idleness, those wars don't ever end. So we've got this problem where that spending um, is... Well, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's led us to this to this point where we are vastly in debt and we, we, we're basically in a debt trap. What I mean by that is we're now spending about 120 billion a year on just servicing this debt. And the coupon that we have to pay on this, so the interest rate that we have to pay on it, is about 4 or 5%. But the economy is growing at about, well, 1.5%, 2%. Oh, no. So because the debt is about the same size as the economy, it makes the maths very simple. Because if they're both the same size, it comes down to the growth rate of either. And the, the growth rate of the debt is twice the growth rate of the economy. So what that does is that puts you in a, in, a, in a debt death spiral, where basically the proportion of the debt just keeps getting larger and larger and larger all the time. Yes. So, you know, that's why we're in such a mess. And, you know, I, I, I sometimes listen to your sort of, um, um, your, your, your London calling with Tobes and, and you know, that, that, that sort of fascinating debate that you have all the time. And, and I'm with you that there is a lot of um, sort of malevolence and evil going along, um, especially at the sort of supranational level. But, but actually, at national level government, you can explain a lot of this simply because, you know, they've, they've got, they, they feel that they've got to keep this show on the road. And it leads them into, you know, long gone are the days of government where, um, you know, they are attempting to solve 
the, the public's problems, they are now trying to solve the problem of the public. Okay. Because they've got to wring as much of them out as they can. I agree with that point, Dan. Um, but I think you're, 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 you're sounding dangerously Team Tobes there in, in, in excusing them. I give you net, net zero. Net zero yeah. is completely unnecessary, yeah. is eye-wateringly expensive. Imagine if we just abandoned all so-called clean energy projects, if we just abandoned renewables and just mm. went for fossil fuel power that, that actually works and is, is, yeah. is much more cost effective. And we didn't hamstring motorists by, by, by forcing them to take increasingly difficult modes of transport like electric, yeah. electric cars where we haven't got enough charging points and so on. These are artificial costs on the economy. They are not, they yes. are not, they are not the act of politicians who are sincerely trying to deal with our debt problems. Yeah. They are right. They so, are... So, so Germany, Germany is going to be a brilliant example of this. Um, where do you stand on nuclear power, by the way? Are you pro that? Nuclear is fine. Yeah. Okay. So um, Germany, as you know, um, you know, quick quick summary of Germany. After the war, they built a whole load of nuclear power stations. Um, they became an industrial superpower. Um, they they got infected with this sort of green ideology, and they decided, okay, let's close down all the coal power plants. And then, bizarrely, they decided they're going to close down all their nuclear power plants as well and go all in on Russian energy. And then they decided to turn that off as well. So the German economy is, is, a, is a two trillion economy, which is all based on, or a three trillion economy, actually, which is all based on about 50 billion of, of cheap Russian energy. And that's just sort of been kicked out from under them. And then yes. there's the whole question think, about uh, the... If you were a German, you'd feel a yeah. bit better about that, wouldn't you? You'd think, hang on a second, I'm not going to be waving a, a blue and yellow flag outside my... Well, it, it gets House. worse. It gets it gets worse because um, they they did this to themselves and then they sort of went into the last winter. Now, in in some respect, they were incredibly lucky, really lucky, because the last winter was was a super mild. I mean, it was just a, a historical aberration how mild the last winter was. Right. So that bailed them. But all the same, all the same, what they did is they just managed to get through that by going out and buying every single hydrocarbon they could get their hands on, and they spent half a trillion buying hydrocarbons to get through one winter now with that same money they could have um, established an entire suite of modern new generation nuclear power plants that would have provided the german people with clean reliable energy for the next two generations they could have had that instead they used that half a trillion to get through one winter if they'd spent the half trillion on on these these fancy pants nuclear devices, yeah. how long would those have taken to inst install? Well, I mean, that, yeah, I mean that is, that is the issue because um, uh, nuclear power stations are regulated in such a way as it makes them almost impossible to do. So you, you would need yes. to address that as well. But what I mean, about they, modular reactors? Yeah, I'm, I, I hear really good things about those. I've I've not looked into them as as much as I have other things. But you know, whatever it would the, the the point is the amount of money they spent. If they had the will to do it, they could have solved their energy problem for for generations to come. And instead, they yeah. used it on 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 getting through one winter because they've become so twisted by this this absurd green ideology that they got themselves into. Yeah. So have I pulled you out of bed? From t you, you, I know you were like Morecambe and Wise. You, you and you and Toby there were in bed together. You know, and actually, that, I hope okay, I've, again, I've made that's you not the way I look at it. The, the, the way I look at it is, um, I agree with you on the on the motivations, but a lot, but things, a lot of what they, uh, a, a lot of that stuff is is not going to be sort of published and put in policy documents. And actually, a lot of a lot of this stuff you you can you can go a long way with just what they've said out loud. 
So, okay. for example, there was a, there was a World Economic Forum um, global risk report that they put out recently, and I, and I always encourage people to go and read these things because just what just what they openly admit to is horrifying mm. enough. So they were they were basically saying that their um, global energy policies are going to cause um, geopolitical strife and conflict and famine, even under the best conditions. So that's what they're they're openly admitting to. Um, and there, I mean, there's other fascinating stuff in there. They were basically saying that the, the top risk that they need to face is the populations pushing back against their policies. And then okay. you link that to something like, you know, the 15 minute city stuff that we're getting at the moment, where Oxford is saying, you know, we want to make your lives better by, by, by making everything as close as possible to you. And then you say, OK, well, are you going to be delivering any of that? It's like, no, we're not going to deliver that. But what we will deliver is cameras and barriers that go up everywhere. <laughs> And then you look at the policy documents that sit behind that. That was something that came from C40, which is a um, an offshoot of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And again, all of this stuff is published. So you can go and read it. You don't have to take my word for any of this stuff. Um, they are looking to get into over a thousand cities um, all over the world. And they want to install these cameras and barrier systems, which, of course, gives them a very effective level of control against any pushback from the populace. So you can imagine something like the truckers protest or the Dutch protest. Once cameras and barriers are in establishment all over the country in every city, it becomes very easy to just basically lock you up in your district to stop any of that happening. And it's openly talked about. And then they go on to talk about, OK, how they're going to limit consumption on top of that as well. They're going to get people's you know, car journeys down to nothing and, the, and you, know, you can only buy clothes three times a year. It's all in the bloody documents. So yeah. my, my point on this stuff, this, this, this uh, Team Toby stuff, is you know, if, if, you just, if you just go and dig a bit, you can find stuff which even Toby can't disagree with, and that is more than malevolent enough. To- Toby thinks that the, 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 mention, the mere mention of, of Bill Gates is the equivalent of the argumentum ad Hitlerum. As soon as you've mentioned Bill Gates, you've just revealed yourself to be a crazy conspiracy theorist because we all know that, that Bill Gates was just a very talented software designer who yeah. got very, very rich with, with, with Microsoft. And he's now a philanthropist mm. who wears cuddly, cuddly sweaters and is a bit geeky. But how could anyone well, like that be harmful? Well, well I'd, I'd just say to him, look, just, just go and look at the organisations that Bill Gates is funding. Go to their websites, download their policy documents and read them. And, and, and all of that stuff is perfectly horrifying. So, I mean, you, you don't need... I mean, I, I think there probably is uh, more malevolent forces going on there. But even if you just go on what's published, that, that alone is perfectly horrifying. And they're admitting to sort of global strife and famine and, you know, locking up the population and, and dividing us and all that kind of stuff. So, yes. yeah, I, I, just, I just had to go there. OK, right. Let, let's come let's come back to the debt thing, because I it, it's worth talking about how sort of utterly screwed we are to sort of get out oh, of this good. sort of situation. OK, yes. So, look, there are perhaps four solutions that, that, that come to people's mind. When, we, when we're dealing with this debt, because it is a total debt crisis and we're going to spiral deeper and deeper into debt. So taxes are going to have to rise. Um, freedoms are going to have to be restrained. I mean, I, I, I sometimes hear uh, millennials saying that they're not going to get a house until their, their parents pass on. And I always have to say, well, actually, no, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that um, inheritance tax is going to go through the roof as well. So, you know, don't don't think that you're you're going to be getting anything. The state, ha- I, mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's just mathematics. The state has to capture all of it because of the, the, the growth in um, the debt payments that have to be made. is either that or you, you default in some way. So, so let's look at those defaults. So, so the, the four options that people always come back to is, okay, well, we could just default on this debt, just say we're not paying it. We can cut spending, we can tax the rich, or we can raise growth. Right, so let's look at those. The first one, if we default on the debt, 
um, even if you defaulted on all of these debt, all of this debt, we would still be running a deficit of 150 billion a year, even if you knocked out the the debt payments. And what that means is we'd be back in the situation we're now in 15 years. So even the defaulting on the debt doesn't do it. However, you can't do that because we've now set up our financial system in such a way as that this debt is the um, is the uh, collateral layer for banks. So if you default on the debt, we will then all discover that our money is gone. Um, the global financial system will collapse. Now, maybe that's, a, maybe that's a good thing in time, but it would be a hell of a thing to live through because, of course, you know, then you've got, you know, supply chains collapse. The farmer's got no incentive to deliver food to the wholesaler. The wholesaler has no incentive to deliver it to the shops. You know, the energy system, the whole grid, it all goes offline. So defaulting on the debt doesn't work anyway, um, and, and you can't allow it to happen until there's a new financial system to take over from it, right? So second option then, okay, you say, well, why don't, why don't we just cut the spending? Sounds yes. sensible, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, so let's say we set a, a reasonable task for ourselves. We want to repay this national debt over 20 years. So it's not too aggressive, but, you know, we, we get it done. Um, and to do that, we need to turn that interest payment that we've got of 120 billion into a repayment. So, you know, you send it 240 the other way. So you're repaying it. What does that actually mean for government spending? Well, what it means when you do the sums is a 36% reduction in government spending across the board. But because a lot of government spending is not um, departmental spend, it's a lot of non-cash items in their depreciation stuff, you basically have to cut the size of government. So that means you'd need to cut the size of the NHS in half. You need to cut the pension system in half. You need Why to stop cut that? Well, well yeah, well, it, no, it would be all of it. Basically, all of it you'd have to cut in half. Yeah. Now, you might think, OK, well, that's very sensible. Let's do that. The problem is, is we have not had a government elected in this country in my lifetime that has felt safe going into a general election without promising to increase the NHS in real terms. Yeah. So you and I might be sold on this one. We might be listening to this thinking, oh, yeah, that's sensible. Let's do that. But there is absolutely zero probability of anybody getting anywhere near the reins of power by saying, OK, we're going to cut the NHS in half. Yeah. We're going to cut education in half. The, the, the normies are just not there, right? So so that is, you know, even though it would essentially, um, you know, tackle the issue, zero probability yeah. of that happening. Okay, yeah. so, right, third option. Let's tax the rich, shall we? Now, again, I've, I've done my sums on this one, and I think to myself, okay, let's not just, let's not mess around, okay? Yeah. Let's go in there guns blazing. So what we're going to do is we're going we're to take the Times um, rich list, and we're going to take everything they have. That includes Rishi Sunak because I think he's on their number two hundred twenty-two. Okay, but we're just going to we're just going to take all of their money, the entire Times mm. Rich list. Okay, what does I that hope, get? Is you? Gary Lineker on the list? Because I hope he is. Because he um, he would be my prime target. He, he won't be near the top because he's not that rich, is he? I mean, he's, he's only a few million. He's rich enough to. <laughs> well, as as we will discover, I mean, he will be on there anyway. So anyway, you take you take the entire time, uh, uh, Times Rich list, and that gets you six hundred and fifty billion. Okay, right. what can you do with six hundred and fifty billion? You can run the UK government for seven months, right? So that doesn't work either, right? Or you can pay off twenty six percent of the national debt, and at current levels, that means we're just going to be back where we are now in seven years. So even that doesn't work. And you might think, OK, well, instead of just the Times Rich list, we're going to go down and we're going to basically just take all of the wealth until we get there. That doesn't work either, because it basically means wiping out pretty much everybody. 
I mean, including you and me, you know, our houses, I mean, everybody. We, we just total wealth confiscation at that point. You may be, Dan, because, of, I mean, of your, of your canny investments in Tesla. But I, I think I'm, I'm safe. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't be. You wouldn't be uh, because right. the, the the mathematics demand that basically they need to take everything from everybody, right? So, right. so, so taxing the because the, the debt's just too high. Okay, so so taxing the rich doesn't work. Okay, and then you say, okay, and this is the one that um, that right wingers always go to. It is okay. Let's raise the growth. And I, I started to talk about this earlier when I said that the growth of the debt is about four or five percent a year. So you need to grow at least that much to stand still. But the the range for the UK is like between about one and a half and three percent, and we're lucky to be getting that because we've got so much tax regulation and and expensive energy yeah. that even getting that is difficult. So so imagining a world in which we get to I mean you you'd need to get the economy growing at sort of six seven percent a year. It's not going to happen. Yeah. No, not it's not it's not going to happen. Um, I mean maybe somebody uh with the way that ai is going at the moment um maybe somebody invents something there that that can i mean maybe we get an entire robot workforce or something so it is it is conceptually possible but i mean we're kind of in science fiction imagination land at this point yeah so so basically there's there's no option there, there is there is no route out of it um yeah. and, and you know unless i've missed something which i which i haven't because i thought about this a lot you can't money printing money printing well Print that, that money. is what they will do um it, it has to, it has to come down to money printing and again you start looking at the, the sums on that it it has to be several decades of, in, of 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 money printing that gives you an inflation rate of at least for 10 percent. it's going to need to be in the double digits and then and that's of course, their solution isn't it yeah i mean it's it's, it's what they will do i mean they, they're going to try not to do it because it makes them look really bad but but the problem is of course is you, you then get into the sort of situation where so, so the classic economist thing is they always think, okay, so countries like the US and the UK, they're never going to default because they can print their own money. Sounds reasonable, right? The problem is a lot of what they owe is, isn't, it isn't really just money. It's, um, you know, it's, it's healthcare goods and services. And you can't print those. Uh, you know, the, the, the sort of deal that we've got with the NHS is that you go to them and they will fix you up. You, you you can't just print additional. Well, or they'll poison you. Yeah, all that. <laughs> they'll fix yeah. you up good and proper, <laughs> mate. And that's why we're getting into the situation at the moment with the with the sort of doctors. Is you know they're striking because um, you know they, they say why why can't you just give us more money? Um, but but I mean the, the the money has been so hollowed out. The value of the money is is being eroded. It, it can't be afforded. There, there's no way. To, there is no way to make this work. So the whole thing is going to go into this malaise over the course of the next decade, where we're going to have to have this really high inflation. They're going to have to sort of print the money, um, and what you're going to find is that all of the things that you think you 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 are entitled to get from government, so whatever it is, NHS pension. I mean, the, the pension won't buy you anything. The social security won't buy anything. I mean, they, they and they will tax us to the maximum possible extent because they, they will try and prevent this as much as possible. Um, and and yeah, ultimately the um, the value of this stuff is is just going to be completely eroded away. So we are in a we are in a proper mess. Um, and and I and I'm quite pessimistic about um, the 2020s. But at some point, this is going to come to its logical conclusions, and we're going to have to come out the other side of this. And whether that is some sort of messy collapse, or or a switch to a new financial system. 
um, which could either be sort of central bank digital currencies, in which case we're all digital slaves, or it could be Bitcoin, and you know perhaps there are other viable alternatives. Um, but but this this cannot go on. Mm. So that's where we're at. Not cheery. Well, I'm I'm just like on a massive downer now. I mean, you know, we we may as well just pray for the moment when uh, Saint Michael and his army of white horses come down the heavenly host and um, slay yeah. all the evil ones, and uh, then we all get zoomed into heaven. Well, those of us who've been good boys and girls. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's very difficult, and um, you know, I I I hate to sort of have to go there with the whole Peter Hitchens thing, but um, you know, m- maybe young people should just bloody leave the country, go somewhere where they're not going to be taxed. Um, to the extent they are, um, because you're sort of young people in this situation, the, the level of taxation that they're going to face while they try and hold this up, along with the fact that the printing is going to basically cycle wealth away from wage earners and towards those who hold assets, because if you hold assets that can't be printed, um, your relative share of wealth is going to increase, but if you're a wage earner, the value of your wages is going to shrink all of the time. Where would you yeah. go to? Well, that's the problem, isn't it? Because all, all, all the Western world is in this situation. So I guess... Well, process... presumably and the Eastern as well, no? Um, well, the, and there was the Asian financial crisis back in 1998. And um, they kind of got their, their house in order. in Because they, they got into a bit of a debt issue all those years ago. And they haven't followed us in making quite the same level of mistake as that we are making now. So the Asian countries aren't so bad. Um, Russia's actually in quite a good situation. They've got very low debt. Um, you know, maybe some of the South American ones, if you can avoid getting yourself killed if you live there. Um, is that but, the, is that the issue? I mean, I I I fancied El Salvador, but you've got yeah. MS thirteen. You know, it just just needs one change of government. Yeah, but, for them but, to... but Kaylee's been quite based. I mean, he is he is dealing with the situation. Have you seen those sort of mega prisons that they put up? I've. I've 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 heard about about yeah, the, yeah. The, the the tough measures they're taking against the gangs and of course that the, they've got Bitcoin as as one of yeah. their currencies. They, they, they? they put that in as a but but these these prisons are very based. They um they they got these sort of um, mega prisons hold about forty thousand people. They got these sort of large cells with about eighty metal slab beds on them and they put about one hundred and twenty people in them and they say you you can just rotate and they've got like a couple of toilets and they basically said to them you know you, you're you're going to spend the rest of your life in here. Now that sounds very cruel but um if anybody's ever looked at what MS thirteen the way that they treat people um. You know they're they, they're getting their comeuppance on that. So so that that aspect is being addressed. So you know maybe maybe El Salvador is a viable option. Okay. Um, Costa Rica is is where all the cabal are yeah. are headed. They've all got their hideaways. Yeah. And it's, um, it's nice Costa Rica. Yeah, but it's it's going to be a tough situation. The the only the only thing I can think of the only way that we could potentially get out of this is um, you know some of the. Um, you know, technological trends that are going on at the moment. I mean, it's vaguely possible that AI could, um, you know, be a be a productivity miracle um, and, and, and lift us out of this. But the, the problem is there is you're going to have a lot of disruption because the rate of the rate of job destruction is going to outstrip the, the rate of any job creation that comes on the other side. Um, so either way you look at this, it, it's yeah. going to be a tumultuous 2020s. Yeah. I, I find it all all this so sad because mm. if you spoke to almost anyone about the kind of things they believe in, the kind of life they'd like to leave, leave mm. I mean, setting aside the, the, the sort of the bizarre and unrepresentative 
activist groups, which I think are, are just funded by people like George Soros, you know, the, the, the Extinction Rebellions, they're, just stop, they're not representative of, of where any, anyone, I hate to use the word normal, but any reasonable person is. And if you mm. ask them what they want and how they want to live their life, well, they want their children to grow up to be able to, to read and write and, and, and add up. And, they, and they'd like to, to use the product, produce of their local farm They'd probably, you know, if they had the chance, they'd probably like even raw milk. But they'd they'd mm-hmm. like the beef, to, the, the the beef in their burgers or in their steaks. They'd like to know that it came from a animal that had been cared for and came from nearby. hadn't had to do many travel too many food miles mm-hmm. and 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 things. And they'd like maybe a couple of holidays every year. Well, um, and a house. And 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 a house. Yeah. Um. But these things don't seem to be too un, unreasonable and yet we're being punished by a system which has imposed these layers of, of, of costs on us which we, we'd never have we'd never have voted for this if we'd ne- if we'd had the vote on them we'd never have we'd never be voting for for um the the broken system that is the nhs that that, that we, we we'd never well we'd never i mean, I mean for... in, in, in a way um it, i mean it was voted for i mean it, it was it was it was Primarily the boomer generation who were, who were voting a lot of this stuff in. Oh, but wait, of, yeah. but wait. I'm uh, you. You you understand business. You understand the concept of a false pr- prospectus. Yeah. These these people were voting on something. They were low information voters. They were not told the full picture. Yes, that is true. So yeah. they were completely unaware, for example, of the Flexner report of whatever it was, nineteen ten, nineteen eleven, which completely transformed. Efficient medicine, working working medicine to Rockefeller medicine to selling mm. byproducts of the of the of the petroleum industry to push poison on the public to keep them in a state of of um, dependency on on this corrupt system. Do you see what I mean? So it's yeah. all very well saying that every, the, the, the people want the NHS, they heart the NHS, it's our national religion and stuff. It's mm. only those things because they've been lied to relentlessly by a propaganda machine. Oh, yeah, no, no, which I, is paid I, I, for I by agree the, with all of that. That's what I mean. Yeah, and, and but things are, are, that's why I think it has to come down to some sort of um, system collapse because the system as it is cannot produce anything other than these bad results. Because yes. at the moment, if I mean... I mean, I've, I've just run through all the numbers of what it would take to sort of fix this situation. And it would be, you know, cutting, um, you know, the NHS and the education budget and the welfare budget and all of these budgets basically in half. You know, I've, if, if I went out with that as a political message, I mean, I just wouldn't get anywhere near um, but, the reins of powers. Well, that brings me back to my point about the dog shit yoghurt. It's, I, I suppose the equivalent of the, the 0.5% dog shit would be something i mean i think it's dog shit content is higher than that but but it would be something like the richard tice's sort of we're not the conservatives but we are really party yeah that 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 people vote for those or people people still say oh you know we need nigel back in the in in the in the fray that Mm. none of these alternative parties would um, get any traction if they were serious about doing what if they if they were doing what they said they were doing. So if if for example Nigel Nigel Farage were were, were genuinely an, an alternative to the system, and if UKIP had ever posed a, a genuine threat to the status quo, Farage would have been offed. 
Mm. He, he, he'd have been taken out because that's that's how it works. Tice, Tice just can just go around swanning around in his in his in his suits because he's part of that of that system. Okay, uh, tr- let's let's try this idea on. Um, the way that we got into a lot of these big government programs and the leftist assumptions that dominate everything at this point yeah. was not. Um, you know, we went from um, the 1950s straight into where we are now. It was done um, a millimetre at a time. It was the left claiming small victory after small victory after small yeah. victory, and they add up substantially after decades. Um, yeah, I mean, si- si- that's similar, Fabianism. Yeah, similar with the COVID stuff. I mean, they pushed and they pushed and they pushed until we're, at the, until we're really at breaking point. And they're like, OK, well, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna step back slightly on the vaccine passports. But we're just going to do a whole load of work over here on digital IDs, and we're just going to, and then we're going to start millimetering it forward again. So all of this stuff is this sort of continual push. So my defence of something like um, reform or reclaim would be, um, we're not going to go there in one step, but pan- can we start inching back in the direction we want to go? Because we've got. To Have try you listened and move to them? Have you the... looked at their policies? Uh, you... Which one of the? Well, I mean, okay. So, so for example, Tice. Tice never um, criticised the vaccines. Mm. He, ne- he, he still refuses to admit that there was no such, a pro- no such problem as, as man-made climate change. He buys into all the assumptions of the system. So the idea that by entertaining these clowns, even for a second, you are, you are empowering different voices is just a joke. Yeah, I mean... But I mean that that takes us to okay. I mean, what what are our best steps? Is it to simply recognise that the system is is broken and disengage from it? Yes. Um, and wait for it to collapse. I mean, that is, I, I, you know, probably quite a sensible thing to do. And that's don't quite, vote. Don't participate. But that I mean, and that is kind of what I've done myself. Um, you know, I've, I've bought my gold and I bought my Bitcoin, and I and I'm looking at how I can extricate myself from the system as, as as much as I possibly can. Although it's you know it's difficult to do, but then at the same time, I'm not really going to beat up on people who are trying to inch us back in the on the other direction. They're not. Yeah, they're not. That's the whole bloody point. Well, it's certainly a hit. If I thought tough. for a second, it's like mm. sorry, sorry, just to, just to pick you up on this point, Richard Tice is um, Jordan Peterson, is Julia Hartley Brewer. Mm. They're not honest brokers they're not good actors they are part of the of the of the corrupt system and until you until you accept that put you not your trust in princes these people are not good people they are part of the problem you cannot yeah. you cannot give them the benefit of the doubt because they prove beyond reasonable doubt that they do not deserve the benefit of the doubt so i mean like i say when, when it comes to practical measures of what i'm actually doing myself I, i'm with yeah. you on this one but at the same time, I don't, I don't really want to kind of beat up on people who are at least, um, you know, wanting to say, wanting to be a bit more active in trying to push back the other way. Now, well, whether who? these, whether, well, pe- pe- people who want to vote for, um, you know, a- a- any of these sort of other political parties, um, you know, you, people who want to feel like they're, they are actively trying to move things back the other way. Um, and I mean, it, I mean, it would be great if it was true. If, if we could start inching back the other way, that, that, would, that would be fantastic if it's the case. It is difficult to have too much faith that that will actually be achieved in the end. Um, but I don't really want to beat up on people who are, who are you know, making that attempt, even if it is... Yeah, you, you don't want task. to take people's hopium pipes away from them, but that's all it is. They're just sitting around in their hopium dens going, oh, yeah, yeah, 
reform party. Oh yeah, man, they're just gonna yeah. ain't gonna happen. You might be right, but I, I I can see the merit in 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 making some attempt to to take it back the other way. Maybe I'm uh, maybe Toby. I'm not quite that nihilistic at this Toby. point. Toby, Toby lover, <laughs> yeah. Um. So okay. So I suppose it's a guessing game, isn't it? On which which assets they're going to tax most aggressively, and which ones are going. I mean, they're going to come right. after us every which way. So how how are you how are you preparing? How are you thinking that one through? Well, I, I, I refer you back to that um, section of, uh, yes, Prime Minister, um, when uh, was it Appleby is explaining to the Prime Minister, you know, that, that that's not quite how taxation works. Um, they tax the maximum amount of everything that they possibly can and then decide how to spend it afterwards. So, I mean, I think we are certainly in that point where they are going to go after everything that they can. Um, so what I want is things that where that is, is more difficult than the rest of it. So I, I basically just like stuff that can't be printed, which is going to be things like physical gold. I'm um, a lot more cautious about the stuff that you need to have stored by somebody else. And I certainly don't. I mean, if if, if you are going to have um, a dematerialized form of some sort, you want at least a physical gold stored by somebody who's making that claim. You don't want paper gold. You don't want the um, the derivative based stuff. I like Bitcoin because, again, um, it can't be printed. It's a very secure network. It has at least the potential to offer um, an alternative financial system, and and it, and it can be quite encouraging in that respect. So I mean, the the Bitcoin network now is is about the same size as the internet was in 1997. The only difference is that it's growing twice as fast as the internet was, and over the course of the next ten years after 1997, of course, the internet changed the world. There is at least the potential for Bitcoin to do that, but it needs to it needs to prove itself and establish. So gold, Bitcoin, um, land is great, but of course they can come and seize that as well. Um, and then if I'm going to go into stocks, you know, um, there is some interesting technology stuff coming. So I probably want to blend between, um, you know, real innovation tech stocks um, that have a potential to um, capture significant value. And that seems to be the way it's going. But I also recognize the, the stuff that you like, which is perhaps the more energy based stuff. I mean, you, you're what you're going oil producers and sort of miners that kind of. No, thing? I'm 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 okay. currently heavily exposed towards um, miners, um, because if if gold and silver do mm. that, gold miners and silver miners do that. It's just historically yes. that's how it works, isn't it? You get yeah. The 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 only thing with um, um, gold mining is it is a very energy intensive business. Yeah. So if you if you take the view that energy prices are going to be up significantly, um, then that is going to render the amount of um, gold that they don't have to sell to cover operations lower. So that comes into the trade off as to whether you want to just hold the the pure form or the miners. Um, if if they can produce at a at a viable cost, then yeah, the effect that you described that you get that sort of multiplier effect on top. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, of course. The, the the annoying thing about gold, if you're going to store it, and, and I think it should be offshore, you know, your physical gold, it shouldn't be because we know from the the confiscation of was it 1933 when FDR confiscated people's golds and yeah, and and they had metal detectors so that if people went into their vaults and tried to to, to remove their double eagles or whatever, that the, the machine would go bleep and they all their all their gold was confiscated and they were given it back at just kind of the state's the state's value rather than the the real value mm. um 
So you wouldn't want that to happen. And I'm sure that, that historical precedent suggests that they wouldn't be averse to doing it again. No, absolutely not. Um, but then you've got storage costs, which is which, which is a pain, haven't you? And this is this is so so people like my my entrepreneur brother that yeah. they hate gold. He hates gold because because of that because it doesn't do anything. It's 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 almost like a sort of religious faith, isn't it? Gold bugs versus non gold bugs and bitcoiners versus no coiners. You can you can see both sides. Yeah, I mean, you, you need to have. I mean, I, I see where your brother's coming from, but you need to have faith that the system is is going to um, continue, yeah. um, and, and that economy. And, and, and he 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 could well be right because I mean, these things do tend to to struggle along. People's faith in the system can support it for a long time, and 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 actually, that is going to be my base case. So, I mean, I do prepare myself for a complete system collapse with things like um, you know physical gold and Bitcoin. Yeah. But actually, probably the more likely scenario is it is we just sort of go into this long malaise period where people get squeezed, where people increasingly think, OK, well, you know, what's in it for me? Because, you know, especially for younger people, I can't buy a house. Um, I'm, I'm getting taxed. I'm sort of trapped in this, this, this sort of rent world. And, and it could I mean, and, and it probably is going to come back to the thing that we talked about earlier, just just those high inflation rates to sort of squeeze out a lot of this, this debt over time. Um, but you know, unfortunately, a lot of this isn't going to get. And this is quite brutal. But a lot of this isn't going to get solved until um, there are those demographic shifts. So you you sort of take the, the those baby boomer peaks and you sort of run that out by life expectancy, and and you sort of look on the other side of that, because once I mean, it's very simply, if if you've got a smaller population supporting a, a larger population that isn't working. It is very difficult to um, for there to be a good quality of life for, for the younger people that isn't getting squeezed away. So you're saying the boomers need to die? Uh, I was very careful not to say I know that. You, I know you were. I, you, you... <laughs> but that's what you're saying. I was exceedingly um, careful in, in so the way the that I phrased that. Which, which in a way that you can see you could have been behind the, the, the COVID jab policy, couldn't you? Because <laughs> I, am not, I am not advocating it. <laughs> what I a, mean, what that a, was what yeah. Midazolam was about, wasn't it? That when, when, yeah, when it looks that way, doesn't Matt, it? Matt Hancock ordered large... Uh, and I think I'm, I'm going to do a podcast about this. There, there is, uh, like, incontrovertible evidence that the, the UK government and probably in the US and other countries as well bought in mm. extra large quantities of midazolam and I suppose it, it one of the things they wanted to do was effectively to execute um all the people with Alzheimer's in mm. in old people's homes well and, and, and even if it if it wasn't that just simply the fact that large amounts has been supplied out to every care home and they've got it on hand and then the guidance says, okay, you know, you, this is this is now a tool in your arsenal that you can use. It's going to get used. So, I mean, I, I, you don't don't accuse me of being a, being a, to, uh, a Toby here. I'm I'm simply making the point that even without um, the malicious intent, which may well have existed, you can get an awful yeah. long way just on on the bare bones of what actually happened. You know, if if you've got a, a large quantity of midazolam sat there, people are going to use it. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I obviously disapprove of, of of state murder <laughs> but they do do they yeah, do do a lot of it because i'm old-fashioned that way mm. but I, I i mean i'd be curious to know if, if you were a kind of of a psychopathic bent it would be mm. very attractive if, if if you could take advantage mm. of of the fake pandemic 
to to bump off people, unproductive members of the economy. I mean, you, was, yeah. you, you described at the beginning the problem with sort of unfunded pensions, liabilities and so on. Yeah, I mean, the, you, the you could address it other way through um, reforming how we, we fund and model these things. Um, but the, the the problem they got is they are not willing to countenance any variation to the system, and this and the system basically just says tax more, spend more. Yeah. So you're right. If, it is if, that. Yeah. If if you're willing if you're willing to think outside the box, but then you can't get elected on under that system, so so you come yeah. back to it. But I mean, yeah. As as for putting your head uh, you, you, yourself in the head of a psychopath, that's really difficult to do, though, isn't it? When you because we we just simply don't think what on would those, Bill Gates do? Yeah, we, we simply don't think on those terms. But, but I, I, I think I hate to I hate to use the phrase "what you're saying is," but but but, but I, I, think, <laughs> I think what you, I think what you're what you're saying um, is is that the government MPs, I mean, they're so low grade anyway. Yeah, um, they are too frightened to say to the electorate, "We cannot afford these pensions. We cannot afford this." lifestyle for the elderly in any way you've got more than working people um therefore we are going to rein this in matt we're going to cut back massively to sort of pre-war traditional levels so mm. in, indeed societal a histo- historical society well i levels. mean ultimately what it would have to be it would have to be a re-establishment of the family structures yes that we just don't have in the west anymore Yes, exactly. So, so you'd, you'd re-establish that, and I'd like that personally. I, I, yeah. I think that I think that Granny and, and and Grandpa should be living in a kind of Granny flat and and mm. and, and and entertaining grandchildren because, after all, grandparents love their grandchildren, and and grandparents offer something that parents don't. They're, yeah, they're it's more, it, it is something that happened to sort of Western society, isn't it? There was this sort of real push for sort design. of individualism. It is as soon as you sort of turn 18 or, or the the earliest viable possible point, you must fly the nest. That was the thing. You must fly the nest. You must go out and you must never return. You must never reestablish that family structures. So granny must live in her five bedroom house, um, increasingly yes. infirm forever. Um, yeah. Until you know she keeps falling down the stairs, but it's okay. We're just going to patch her up again, and you know, and, and, and set her off again. We just we, we just bring the bed downstairs if we need to. You know, you have these sort of you, these Western assumptions that you know people must be sort of atomized and split out. Um, now, and I, I can well imagine that if there are you know boomers listening to to this conversation, they, they they will probably be getting quite annoyed with some of the things I've said. You know, I'm not I'm not putting any of this on um, bad bad intentions. And I understand that if you are, if you have reached the point of retirement, you're going to be thinking to yourself, well, I've been paying into this system my entire life. I'm entitled to it. You know, the problem is the whole way through is you, is you weren't paying into anything. You were paying out immediately. You know, you were paying out for the people who were old when you were working. Yeah. And as I've explained, the demographics simply are, there was a lot of you paying for a few, for a few old people. And that's changed. Now, it, now it's a lot of old people and a much smaller number of, of working young people. So that, that, that tide has turned. So the system becomes unviable. It's just it's now a question of how do you want to watch it collapse? And and yes. the only alternative is it's gonna be things like those family structures that we just talked about. I'm I'm very against this generational tension, yeah. which you hear particularly no, from, from the young, this this, this bitterness is that as Oh I, I hear was... it from I hear it from the old as well. It it does tend to go both ways. Right, okay. Um but I think that this is why I am where I am in terms of my understanding of the world, that I realised that all this stuff... You, you well, it's mentioned division, the isn't it? It's, 
they they, they want us fighting amongst itself. ourselves rather than yeah. We 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 look at the history of of the cultural Marxists, for example. We look mm. at uh, who was who was funding these people. The same people that that mm. are responsible for CBDCs, that were responsible for the Second and First World Wars, that were responsible for the for the for the French Revolution. There has always been this predatory elite, the, pre, the, mm. the predator class, yes. I call them, uh, who are also a parasite class, but, but I think predator captures better the aggressive nature of the enterprise because they, they don't just merely sort of feed off us. They, 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 they remake the world in a way that, that, that restricts our freedoms and, and impoverishes our lives and actually torments us. Mm. Um, in in every in every which way. So, yeah, the war on the family was part of their part of their mission. The feminist movement, d- yes. designed to, to drive drive men and women apart, stop them forming family relationships while simultaneously bringing women into the tax base. Mm. And if only people. This is my frustration when I when I have this debate with Toby every week, um, which is not really a debate because we're 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 just shouting it. One another. It feels like you start again every single week. It's like you know every you know whenever you sort of get him over the line on you know um, you know have you considered this? All of those lessons are forgotten the next week, and it's straight back to oh the newspaper said this, so this must be the case, or or the government has said this, so 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 he he sort of resets to 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 normal values every every single week. Well, Alan Watt, I I think it's worth listening to some of Alan Watts' old old podcasts, he explains how hard it is to escape the the paradigm because mm. the paradigm is it's all encompassing. It's 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 really that Toby has not made and probably will never make, in my view, the heroic journey that is necessary, um, which starts from your questioning everything. You've got to examine mm. the world from first principles and say, Well, hang on a second the National Health Service, does it actually do what it says? Does it, does it promote health or does mm. it actually jeopardise people's health? And if, it, if, if uh, as, as a cursory examination will reveal, it, it does more to jeopardise health than it does to ameliorate it, you then ask yourself, well, how come this, this creature is sucking up so much of our um, economy? Yeah. The, the, well, I mean, it's become a religion at this point, isn't it? I mean, yeah, uh, and uh, but the, then it's then it's circular. Why has it become a religion? They made it into a religion in order to disguise disguise its faults. So it was more about faith than mm. about the reality. And, and we talk but, about it in those terms as well. I mean, we, we sort of treat the treat treat the sort of doctors more as priests than um, you know service providers. And there, there's this assumption that if we didn't have the NHS, that the only other viable option is is the American system or no healthcare whatsoever. You know, there, there are you know hundreds of countries out there with with various different healthcare systems that we could adopt, that we could that we could go to. But but no, the, the, but, the debate is so limited. But here we are. You see, Dan, we're going back into conservative point uh, talking points circuit yes, point. 20, 2019. Mm. This. These these debates are set up, and I I could do them. Yeah. I mean, I could do them with yeah. my eyes closed. It was my livelihood for twenty five mm. years, coming up with these arguments about how, and you know, you've got people at the IEA, who are again part of stooges of the system, pretending to say, oh, we're we're free market, yeah. and, and we've yeah. looked into this research, research, and we found that this healthcare system is better than that healthcare system. What it what it ignores is 
the, the key question, why are we even having healthcare systems? Yes. And why? So it, the, it, the one thing that I am extremely grateful to the whole COVID era is it was so revealing for, for, for so many people who I just assumed were on the same team. Yeah. And then and then you go through that and you realise, oh, actually, no, these guys are, uh, when it, when push comes to shove, these guys are the enemies. And I mean, you, know, I'm, you mean I'm Chris Snowden? Well, I wasn't going to mention the name, but yes, yeah, Snowden. <laughs> yes, yeah, it, 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 it has been extraordinary, hasn't yes. it? It's it's like the scene in Where Eagles Dare, where yeah. you just one of them is a traitor. Yeah, who would have guessed it was? I can't remember which one it was. Is it the woman? <laughs> I can't remember now. No. It's been years since I watched that. Yeah, but oh. yeah, um, the th- thing that I find interesting is, and this kind of goes back to what we've talked about off air before is when you sort of go through this sort of experience and you realize that everything in the in the narrative is is a complete load of bs yeah and then you start looking backwards at events that have occurred through your life or maybe even historical events and you start to think oh hang on a minute maybe all that was lies as well and it, it, it sorts to start to really upend what you think you know about everything. If, if all of your sort of base assumptions about um, your, your culture's history are possibly based on a whole bunch of fabrications. This is, this is one of, I, this is Dellingpole's second or third theory, mm. um, that the more, the more a news event is imprinted on your consciousness, the more likely it is that, that event is is fake. So you think that everyone can remember where they were when Kennedy, when they heard Kennedy had been assassinated. Mm. So they say. I mean, I I I don't because I was I wasn't born. <laughs> <laughs> right. But 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 they say that, and and yeah. I remember I rem- I remember when I first saw the planes flying to the the the, the, mm. the, the twin towers, and and I remember. I remember first hearing that Princess Di was dead, yeah. and all these events. Uh, and I and I do remember watching the moon, you know, something one of the, one of the the Apollo missions, and all these things were, uh, to a greater or lesser extent, were psyops. And yeah. the same. Sorry. I I I. Okay, so I I I got myself into trouble over the whole moon landing thing, because you know. I, it's it's just one of those things that you never question on any level. It's just okay. It's just a historical event. It happens. Um, you know, it, it happened before I was born. But you know, it, it's it's just a historical thing. It's a thing that happens, and you and you learn about it. And people just talk about it in passing as, it, as it's happened. Okay, right. So um, I'd never questioned it, and then we went through COVID, and I started to think to myself, "Oh, hang on a minute. If they if they can lie about that, maybe maybe some of this other stuff is lies as well." So my confidence level on the moon landings dropped from something like 100% confident that it happened to about 90%, purely because I now now appreciate that the um, that the government are able to run a massive psyop, and I thought, yeah. "Oh, I don't like this," because you know if if you are a, a moon landing, uh, if you question that in any way, I mean, you're the worst of the worst. I mean, you are you are proper conspiracy theorists at that point. So I thought, oh, "I don't like this," so I want to get myself back up from 90% to 100%. So I started looking into it, right. And the more I looked into it, the more that 90% started to go down and down and down. Because I assumed that there would be really um, compelling evidence 
um, yeah. that was, you know, it was just there. It was just sat there. And all I had to do was go and look at it. And so I started digging into this. And, and you know, the, these confidence levels, they just they just kept on going down. Anyway, so I got, I got down to about 50%. And I thought, okay, I'm going I'm to stop looking now because I, I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to cross the threshold. So I'm, I'm just, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to say, I have no idea whether it happened or not. But um, if, if I look into this any further, then I'm, I'm, I'm going to cross the line. Yeah, there are those who say that it is a complete waste of time. They say it's a distraction, you know, mm. in a world where they're trying to introduce CBDCs and, and where they're killing young men and women with with jabs they don't need and, and when they're desperately trying to start a war with Russia over mm. Ukraine and all the other things. Oh, and and they're, 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 they're buying up farmland and... and, and taking away livestock and stuff and people say why can't you deal with the things now but but it you can't understand what's happening now if you don't understand what they've mm. been doing to us in the past this is not a, this is not a new thing that they've oh, suddenly yeah. these yeah, yeah. suddenly these bad people have taken over yeah. the world and and before that it was great and it was paradise and you know like in the good old days of the war when we all we all pulled together but of course yeah. Everything we talked about the war is it is it yeah, the the blitz spirit. The, well, well the... I mean that, that's the other thing because I, I don't mind so much um, you know looking at stuff like the moon landings and nine eleven. Like I say, I I come away on the moon landings. I'm 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 just going to get to fifty percent and I'm going to uh, I'm going to say you know I don't know if it happened either way. I mean the 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 nine eleven stuff when you start digging into into that more because that was the question you asked me when I came to you last time because you wanted to assess how far down the rabbit hole I was and you said yeah, yeah. where do you where do you stand on this and it's, again it's just one of those things I hadn't looked at for basically forever um and and as soon as you start digging you start getting into the, the details I mean, especially the, the world uh, trade center seven stuff and, and the pentagon stuff yeah. it's, it's it's the amount of questions that you start throwing out on that but i mean it, but then if you sort of go back further and you're sort of alluding to well you know a lot of the stuff around the war or you know any, any sort of i mean basically any previous piece piece of history you just start to realize you know what what the hell do I do? I actually know about anything of of the culture that I'm in, and and the assumptions I have about the history and and everything that has gone into making up who who we are as a people. I mean, what 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 sits behind, sits behind any of it? Is it is it all a tissue of lies? Yes, it is. And this is this is this is why I I always fight back against those people who say, for example, why are you engaging in Paul is dead theories? This was a kind of fan theory. Of, of the Beatles and and all that symbolism of of, mm. of the of Abbey Road, where one of them, where I think Paul is not wearing shoes or whatever, and that's a symbol of, of blah blah blah. Here's the point: um, the Beatles were the world's most famous and influential pop band, probably ever, probably ever, mm. ever will be. They were more likely than not created by the Tavistock in Institute with a particular purpose and it was the same purpose that the West Coast music sound was created in in, in um, uh, Laurel Canyon in the in the late 60s uh, it was designed to subvert youth culture to divide young people from old people this because it's always it's always about divide and rule so generational uh, tensions um, promiscuity drug use um, etc break break up of the family the family unit um, 
destroy the anti-war movement, which was a, which was a, a, a viable and important thing. Um, so, if they are capable of faking whole bands and whole pop music, music movements in order to subvert the 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 culture and move it in a particular direction and weaken us. It's hardly a big stretch to imagine that the guy playing Paul McCartney is uh, an Illuminati faker um, who... And, 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 I mean, I, I don't know anything about this side of things. So, I mean, are, is it the case you think that they were sort of manufactured or is it that, you know, they, they look at the um, those that are rising and those that are doing well and they get their hooks into them and those who... Yeah. Um, those who who try and resist those hooks, um, they don't get the institutional support to make it to the big big time. Something like that. I'm not I'm not sure exactly how how the mechanism works. I mean, I mean the, the the closest anyone's got is is um, uh, weird scenes inside the canyon, the, the 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 Dave Goldman book, because he examined that particular scene. He noticed that all the most of the major pop stars of that era in the U.S. came from came from military or spy or you know CIA backgrounds okay they were, they were they were part of the military military industrial complex and weirdly a lot of them came from Virginia which is which of course spooksville and, and <laughs> okay. militaryville they, they, they came from there to Laurel Can Canyon which had no real tradition of, 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 of kind of pop music it was just a kind of more of a hmm. more of a sort of satanic uh, place so so there you can see fairly fairly with a degree of accuracy, how it, how the scene was was manufactured and manipulated, that we don't know exactly. That Brian Epstein seems to have been their controller in some way. Um, we we, you know, we don't know why he died, how he died. Really, we we just know what we're, what we. There's an official version, but it's all a bit it's a bit shady. I don't know what the role of George Martin was, for example. I think he was probably another form of. Of, of, of controller in some way. I mean, I mean um, Gregory Paul Martin, his George Martin's son, didn't like it when I started talking about. You know, he doesn't answer my Christmas cards anymore. When I, since I've been <laughs> been talking about this, um, the the um, the. The thing is, people say, "Oh, yeah, but you shouldn't get head up about this stuff. It's it's just irrelevant. It's just trivial." But it's not trivial because if they can do mm. this with with our with our with pop music, which after all is people talk about the soundtrack to their lives. Hmm. People, people you, you can play a song and 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 it will take people back to a to to where they were. And it's not such a stretch to imagine that 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 like how do they how do they if if you look at the um, the Manchurian Candidate and you look at how mind control programs work what they do is that music is is used as a trigger to 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 put you in a particular state um so so music is music is very music is very powerful okay, so one more thing one more thing on the on the the the, the apparently fruitless speculation about the meaning of the of the abbey uh, the significance of the abbey abbey road symbolism okay. well it's not fruitless it's really important because signs and symbols is how these people operate they it, it's part of the mind control that their signs and symbols and sigils are everywhere be it the the the, the single eye or the eye in the eye within the within the pyramid or, or it's all there 
So you are, you are well ahead of me on this stuff, I've got to say. Well, yeah, um, it's exhausting. Yeah, I mean, I, I, well, first of all, I've never been much of a music fan in the first place. Oh. So, so I've, I've, I've tended not to not to follow a lot of this stuff. Um, but I mean, from from my framework for for looking at a lot of this stuff is I kind of see a world where you have an, an established system where you know those at the top increasingly share characteristics, and and the way that the system is set up rewards those people who sort of play the game. And so sort yes, of any rising true. stars, they want to sort of get their hooks into and sort of align them with what works for the system, especially at the top end. So that, that goes to a lot of subversion. So I can, I can totally see how a lot of, um, a, a lot of people are basically either, either pulled into line or if they won't play the game in the way that the game is supposed to be played, um, they, are, they are at least shut out, something like that. So I, I can get there with all of that. The bit that I've I've never been able to get my head around is why there is the need to put symbolism in to to, to sort of put this um, uh, well, not, not not premonitions. What do you call it? This sort of foreshadowing. I've I've never sort of understood that aspect. Of oh, oh, I see. Oh, that's about karma. It's right. you see, the, you're talking about the Babylonian mystery religions. This goes back a, a, a very very long time, and. It's essentially, you, you, you know that we, we live in a world of, of opposites. So you've got, on the most obvious level, good and evil. Hmm. And the, 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 the Babylonian mystery religions are, are essentially in the service of what I would consider to be uh, the forces of darkness, of, of, of evil. And, and part of the way they operate is, 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 is through magic. That, that, that um, the, these, these tricks, and because they, also they have, um, they have, a degree of um, control over the spiritual realm, or at least a sort of kin affiliation with the kin. With you know, there are, there are these dark, dark forces, dark spirits, as well as the, the divine ones. Um, and it depends on how how far you want to go. But you're you're absolutely right about. I was going to ask you about this. Um, I, when I was at university, I I I was upset that my my the, the MI five MI six recruiter. Um, who's my Anglo-Saxon tutor? Why he never, why he never tried to approach me? Right. And what I hadn't realised then is actually what you've hinted at, which is that they're on the lookout for psychopathy. They they select for psychopathy, and the people that they want to promote to to rise in the system. You occasionally read in newspapers reports about what a high proportion of of, of business CEOs are psychopaths. Well, that's not an accident. It's yeah. because they've been selected for those traits, and they've been groomed. And, and is it that they've been selected, or is it that the the system rewards that disproportionately? That's that would be a the classic team team Toby um, <laughs> okay, right. response. There we go. I've, I've I've done my best to skirt the line between the two positions. Yeah, no, there. no. <laughs> I mean, I, look. Obviously, what you say is true. Hmm. That 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 the system, the beast system, hmm. does report do, does reward ruthlessness. Although, having said that. I look at, um, well, for example, my brother. He's not. He's not a psychopath. Mm. He is not. Um, he just wants to build a good business. That's all he mm. cares about. He's not. He doesn't want to shaft people. He doesn't want to fuck them over unless they fuck him over first. Mm. The, the, it, it, it's not about. Uh, it's not about 
ruthlessness for ruthlessness's sake. So I, so I don't really buy this idea that that you need to be a psychopath to run a good business, run a yeah, to, I mean, and, I, to, and to generate value. I, I mean, actually, actually, talking about your brother, I mean, I had a fascinating conversation with him about sort of the way that um, woke worms its way into an organisation, you know, in, in, yeah. in the HR and the marketing and all that kind of stuff. And he was saying, yeah, you know, um, he, I mean, he, 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 he doesn't encourage any of it. Um, but he always finds it's worming its way in, and he and he looks at some of the stuff that you know is is coming out of the organisation. He sort of shakes his head at it, but I mean his mindset is he doesn't want to sort of stop what he's doing and go and stamp it out all the time. He wants to just basically get on with making money, and you know that, that that's part of the problem. The, even the people who I mean I I don't think well, I mean you answer this better than me, but I, I don't think your your brother is quite where you is. I mean he's 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 kind of low key based, but he's not. He, but he's more focused on on just basically making the money, and 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 he's kind of prepared to um, tolerate some of this stuff by default, just simply because it'd be too much effort to to keep stopping and and, and trying to stamp it out all the time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I when you were when you were in in finance, did you find that that psychopaths were rewarded, or was it was it purely on performance and therefore irrelevant? Yeah, I've got to say, I didn't see it so much myself. Um, But then I was dealing with, you know, smaller companies. Maybe they have different characteristics. Maybe the stuff that you're talking about is is more the case in sort of large organisations. Jamie Dimon. Yeah, I mean, whoever's head of Unilever. Yeah, but I mean, I I was doing sort of venture capitalist stuff, so it was it was somebody who's had, um, you know, a a brilliant idea and is prepared to work incredibly hard at sort of getting that over the line. And that was possibly a different mindset of the character um, than what we're talking about here. So I haven't personally experienced it, but you know, w- wouldn't surprise me if it was true. Another point um, coming back on on the things that you've talked about is, uh, as we sort of talk about the way the system is set up, and they like to keep us fighting amongst ourselves. You know, they yeah, they love they the do. intergenerational it's conflict. Key. You know, the men versus women. You know, the, the different racial groups against each other. I'm sort of reminded that the only time in my life where we all seemed to have the right idea was shortly after 2008 with the um, Occupy Wall Street stuff or or whatever it was at the earlier stages where left and right were pretty much unified in in taking a good look at um, the the top echelons of the financial system. Yes. Yeah. And very, very quickly, Woke got institutional backing and if you look at um, the, the the number of articles published pushing identity politics, it was in the early stages of that. All of a sudden, they went through the roof. Yes. Maybe that was totally organic, or maybe there maybe that got a push. Oh, totally. Well, that's that's why one has to be very very cynical about mm. um, the organisations. I suppose, which organisations would have the the ones that help business shape their image i suppose it would it would have been like the, the tim bell's company that that, that went went bust the, the, those are the kind of companies that advise on that sort of image type people image yeah, yeah. that the, the, they work out strategies and no no, no I, I, I was talking more about that you know i noticed um the the, the press and the media suddenly adopted on force. Yes, yes, no, no. Okay, yeah. so the media is bought and paid for. That's that's given. Mm. Um, but what, what I... Yes. I'm absolutely certain that, that this, this was deliberate and orchestrated. 
that these are the sharks protecting their their shoal. Mm. They don't don't like the attentions of I don't know what we are, what would be. <laughs> and and, and they managed to get us successfully fighting against each other and and, and will continue to do so because they, you know there was that yeah. that brief moment where sort of a lot of people essentially recognised you know what where it was appropriate to be directing your attention um and and you know very very quickly they managed they managed to get us off that and that that moment seems to have passed now um yeah. and, and now the sort of the, the divisions that don't matter you know occupy us on on well if you're normally they occupy you on a daily basis at this point just um before we wrap up because i'm because i'm thinking i need a coffee and a fag um but the thing i I'd recommend to you is listen to a couple of of the more representative pod, sort of general podcasts by um, um, what's his face um, I mentioned him earlier. Um, oh, I forget. <laughs> my brain's gone blank. Um, I love what you've been doing in the podcast though, more broadly, because you 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 do the sort of the. Um, you know, mainstream digging into the system stuff, but the turn that you've made for health stuff that has been quite fascinating. Some of your some of your guests on that. There's oh a, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a whole bunch past. of them that I need to go back and re-listen to. I mean, so there's the the, the amalgam filling guy. That was I was saying. I mean, the whole bunch of these. I said to the wife, you know, you have got to listen to this stuff. Um, but there was a whole bunch before that as well that I, I know I really need to go back on. Well, look, I, I yes, I, I was going to mention this in, in our conversation earlier on. Look. Look at the way, read it, read any, any newspaper, mm. and the chances are you will find a story about cancer. It'll be mm. about a, c- a celebrity who is struggling with cancer, a celebrity who's beaten cancer, a celebrity mm. who's died from cancer, a, uh, in the health pages, it, um, uh, new, new cancer treatments, mm. um, in, in the insurance, you know, in, in other sections on, on how to get better health insurance um is it worth it uh the in the the food section on sort of darts with that might help you beat cancer and and so on Mm. cancer has been fetishized as this thing that it it is people's greatest fear pretty much and cancer is curable and cancer cancer has been curable for a long time and they've. You look at the 1939 Cancer Act. The the, the Cancer Act forbids you from talking about these things. Um, it's actually illegal wow. to, to to seek out uh, to, to to promote effective treatments which aren't aren't the kind of the big pharma endorsed treatments because big pharma makes a lot of money keeping people alive just about five years before they eventually die of the effects yes. of the chemo. Um, keep, so, keep us medicated, yeah. This is why this is this is why I'm interested in health, apart from sort of personal selfish reasons, mm-hmm. that that it, it it's all plugged into the bigger picture of the healthcare and and well being are, are are one of the things that they have co opted for their malign interests. Mm-hmm. Therefore, one of the ways we can fight back is is by rejecting their system. You t- we were talking about earlier about opting out of the system, mm-hmm. and it's my belief that if the NHS were to close down tomorrow and no one were ever to be able to go and see a doctor uh, or a nurse um, and people were left to their own devices, the effect on the nation's health would be dramatic. People yes. would get a lot, lot better. There were a lot People would live longer. 
um, they'd be they'd live live happier, healthier, more fulfilled lives. They wouldn't be being poisoned by this stuff. Yep, sure, okay. Yeah, some people but, because the NHS is doing the same thing that your guests have railed against in in the US, which is those sort of big professional bodies who basically set the term of the debates and say, okay, you can look within this remit of options. And if you stray outside of those options, we're going to take your professional license away. Or the yes. NHS will be, you know, we, we're simply not going to fund or consider anything outside of these narrow range of options. And those options are increasingly set by um, the big pharma companies because they have the lobbying and they, they, they commission the studies. And, you know, it, it is this system and structure thing that I keep turning back to. This is, this is the way I sort of primarily perceive all of this stuff, it's systems and structures. So what you're talking about there is if these... If these either professional bodies or the commissioning body, which would be the NHS in the UK, were to go away, what you would happen is you would have a much wider net of, in, of innovation seeking. And some yes, people would seek would. out innovative options that didn't go anywhere. And some people would seek out innovative options that were substantially better than the, the current narrow remit of options that we've got. And then you'd like to think that the people who got the significantly better results would then spread the word and, you know, by through this sort of fuzzy logic, you know, you would get to a, a substantially better series of results than we're at now. But what, what exactly we do right. with our existing system is we say, no, we're going to restrict the debate to these incredibly... Net well, that, I mean, that's the entire purpose of, 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 of your form of profession, isn't it? It's media. It's, it's to keep people discussing things within a very narrow band so yes. that you don't threaten the establishment in any way. I mean, that, that's that's ultimately, if, if you have that mindset, you can, you know, it applies to finance, it applies to health, it applies to politics, I mean, the whole, the whole bloody thing. Yes, that's that's exactly it. Imagine yeah. if we had a free market in, in yeah. medical ideas and, and in, in health, in healthcare. Pretty, pretty soon people would gravitate towards the systems that, that, that work and reject yes. the ones that don't work because there'd be too much anecdotal evidence, there'd be too much, you know, I tried this, just didn't do anything i felt really bad and i just got and then i died or <laughs> no look uh last year i had terminal cancer and now here i am feeling great yeah it's but we, we got to shoehorn people into this narrow range so because we can't we can't tolerate um a a small number of people having a very bad outcome and a small number of people having a very good outcome and then later us emulating the good outcomes is everybody has to have a a moderately slightly good or slightly crappy solution that basically keeps this thing trundling on and us, us, us keeping consuming the uh, the big pharma products. But that that again actually is a sort of it's a bit of a bit of a oh hang on hello can, can I call you back in one second I'm just I'm I'm I'm, I'm just doing a podcast that won't be long okay bye um uh yes. Mm. Um, what was I saying? That that you you were about to make a point, but I didn't know what it was. So, <laughs> well, it was, sure it was it a good was, one. Was, I was. was I was I was about to sort of pick you up on 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 a, again a sort of normie normie strand that 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 it is. It, so so what what I, I I think I can safely say that what Team Toby would say is that because people can't bear the possibility that some people will get much iller. And some people will get much better. Um, therefore, it is an unattractive and indeed impossible proposition for the government to change the, the status quo because there is this public. Well, I, th I think that's need. a story they tell themselves. I mean, really, it's just that, because they like the control. But that's the story. That's also the story that we are told and, mm. and we are brainwashed with. 
Whereas the, the, the question that goes unasked by design is, since when was it the state's business yes. to get involved yes. in healthcare at all? And this is yes. never asked. Yeah, it goes back to the IEA thing. Yeah. They, they've got all these these little little policy wonks who who who, mm. who claim that they are libertarians or believe in free markets, and they but they're not. They're actually funded by the industry mm. that has a vested interest in stopping you asking the question of yeah. of, of of government funded health healthcare. Because once government stops funding healthcare, people are going to start asking much tougher questions about the role of the pharmaceutical industry. Yes, they're not going to get these fat contracts. And, and you're, you're absolutely fat, right to put it back to these fundamental concepts. Because the thing is, you can, you can get so sucked up in this, can't you? Because you spend your life with these base assumptions that weave through everything, and it is a conscious effort to to go back and say, okay, well, let's actually unpick them. Let's let's ask these fundamental questions. It just it just never happens. But you know that that, that but then that's why you're on the fringes as opposed to in the mainstream media because they don't they don't want any of these fundamental assumptions picked up. It's like, look, I was one of these people um, once, and I suppose I've got the zeal of the convert in, in that, that I look back on these people now and I kind of, I just, I despise them for being so, well, despise, maybe that's too strong a word, but I, I just, I, I can't understand why they perhaps. cannot see things as, I'm, I'm so disappointed. Mm. So, f for example, the, all, all the, all the pieces that that Dan Hannon writes about the the English speaking yeah. world and about Shakespeare. Well, Shakespeare yeah. was the Earl of Oxford. He was part of a you know the, 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 he 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 ran a scriptorium, which is which is the, the the best playwrights of the day were all working for the state, working for funded oh, okay. by Queen Elizabeth, churning out this stuff. So it's all very well talking about the genius of the Bard from Avon, but he didn't actually exist. Or rather, he the the, the, the he was he's a construct. I'm sure there was a bloke called William Shakespeare, a literate, semi-literate bloke called William Shakespeare, who's, who spelled his name in different ways. But that, he didn't write Shakespeare's plays. Um, okay. In the same way, I, I, I read an article by oh, probably Douglas Murray or somebody like that yeah. talking about talking about China, and they yeah. they set this false up this false opposition between the noble freedom-supporting West and the evil commie bastards of, of, mm. of the East. And you're thinking, the West is not free. The West is, oh, is, no. is in its way as evil as, as, as the countries that you are trying to demonise because you are part of the machine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, I, mean I, I, I suppose on, on the sharp end, it's, it's not as evil as some of these other countries, but that's because they've because the, the, the propaganda that's pushed here is, is a lot more effective and a lot more people buy into it. And, and so, you know, the, the more brutal methods don't have to be used here because people are going uh, gonna to play the game and pay their taxes. Yes, well, that's, that, that's probably true. They're, they're sort of, they go willingly to the slaughter rather mm. than being cajoled with cattle prods. That's the only difference. But we're all going to the slaughter all the same. Yeah, it looks like well. Um, well, Dan, um, uh, I, I'm definitely going to have my coffee and cigarette now. Well, yes, um, where, time for a break. Where can people find you? So um, I've got a, a, a Twitter account, which is KingBingo underscore, and um, you can find me at LotusEaters.com, and I, I normally do um, a couple of shows on Tuesday. I, I do one reacting to the news, and I do uh, I do my economic series there. So go to LotusEaters.com, sign up. Um, we've been demonetized off, uh, demonetized off YouTube, um, but although you can find a few bits on there. So, uh, yeah, find me there. 
Good. Um, and it only remains for me to say, I really appreciate all those of you who support me, whether by buying me a coffee, that seems to be quite popular right now, and buy a coffee, or on Patreon, or on Locals, Substack, Subscribestar, it does make a difference. I mean, this is, this is, my, this is my living. I depend on you for your support. So, so please keep supporting me. Um, and yeah, um, keep listening. I, I'll, I'll keep trying to provide entertaining content. And, and, and speaking truth to power and <laughs> white-pilling you as well. Thank you very much for listening, and thanks again, Dan, for being on the show. Yeah, it was great, it was great to catch up. Good chat. Thanks a lot. Um, <laughs>